Don't y'all love Christmas music? I think I've got, um, I'm starting to corrupt my grandchildren. And uh, all the way home yesterday, we listened to uh, Christmas music. And then um, Laura went and got them today, or no, it was Monday when I went and got them. And then uh, when they came home today, Cade walked in. He said, Papa, can we turn music on and listen to Christmas music? I love Christmas music. It gets you in the spirit. Amen? How many of y'all been listening to Christmas music? Well, all the rest of you need to, I can tell by your face. Some of your Scrooges, and uh, what a help that is, start listening to that hallelujah chorus. Amen? I like that hallelujah chorus. Laura thinks that's too operatic. But I like that hallelujah chorus. My favorite uh, carol is um, Angels We Have Heard on High. I like Silent Night. There's a certain rendition of that that I like. And everyone in my family knows if I like a song, you are going to hear it over and over and over and over and over again. But see, my grandchildren are so small, they're gullible. And so they like that too. But when they get older, they roll their eyes like Clay does. Amen. All right. The Gospel According to Luke. And sometimes my daughter Kaylee rolls her eyes and Laura sometimes rolls her eyes because they hear, Laura told me that today, she's like, Mark, you ever notice the songs you like, you play the same ones over and over? Well, why mess with perfection? Amen? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, we're going to look, uh, if you'll turn to Luke 2, of course, this is the most popular passage of Scripture during Christmas time. I started a message last Wednesday and I want to just read Isaiah 9, 6, which is a prophecy that comes true in Luke chapter 2. So I'm going to read Isaiah 9 verse 6, just one verse. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Notice the very last word attributed to him, the Prince of Peace. Now remember, that's the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. Many years later, the fulfillment of that, we're getting ready to read in Luke chapter 2. Who he was speaking about in Isaiah chapter 9, or Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah chapter 9, is we're reading the fulfillment of that here in Luke chapter 2. And so I'm not going to read the whole story because we'll be reading this all through the month, and we have been. But in Luke chapter 2, I want you just to notice in verse 14, as this heavenly choir finishes up their their performance. Notice verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? Peace. Peace. So the Prince of Peace and on earth, peace. And I started this last week. On earth, peace. And Christmas is one of the most amazing times of the year. Why is it so amazing? Because it is amazing because Jesus gives us gifts that you can't put a price on. You don't open up in a package. And one of these gifts is peace. And we've tried to break this down and talk about it. I just simply looked up in Webster's 1828, and what does it mean? Peace, in a general sense, it's a state of quiet or tranquility, freedom from disturbance or agitation. It's applicable to a society, to individuals, or to the temper of the mind. Peace, freedom from, the, from war with a foreign nation. It's public quiet. Freedom from internal commotion or civil war. Freedom from private quarrels, suits, or disturbances. By the way, there'll be no courtrooms in heaven. Freedom from uh, agitation or disturbance by the passions as, the fe as fear, terror, anger, anxiety, 
or the like. Quietness of mind, tranquility, calmness, quiet of conscience. Heavenly rest, the happiness of heaven, harmony, concord, a state of reconciliation between two parties that have been fighting. Public tranquility, that quiet order and security which is guaranteed by the laws as to keep the peace, to break the peace. Now, I want to just say this. That was a long definition, and all of these was Webster's definition for peace. But I want to say a very simple, quick one word is peace, is Jesus. He gives us the gift of peace. Everything that we just read there in Webster's 1828, you'll not attain with anything else. Oh, you might have little uh, refrains, little moments of some of this, you know. And by the way, uh, we talk about peace. I believe there's five circumstances in life that's very hard for peace to come by when we're dealing with certain circumstances in life. I mentioned them last week, but I'll mention them even quicker. Number one, when life's positions is uncontrollable. In other words, we lose our peace when we plan for something and that something doesn't happen. We, we realize that peace is hard to come by when we deal with people that are unchangeable. I don't know about you, but let's just be honest. Some of the most, the greatest things that help me lose peace is people. You can't change people. We can influence people. We should be able to influence people. Some people you can't even influence. But people, if we're not careful, if you keep your eyes on people, if I keep my eyes on people, what will it do? It will rob me of my peace. Then we see problems are unexplainable. We lose our peace. But what about when we get that phone call, it's cancer. All of a sudden, peace is hard to come by. But God promises peace through Jesus when pain is unbearable. I'm sure that Brother Palmer has been dealing with severe pain. And uh, no doubt, he's probably had a hard time having peaceful rest. So I'm being practical tonight. Yes, we know that God gives peace, but we're human. But yet this is still a gift that God has given us. I'll tell you something else is a circumstance in life that peace sometimes hard to come by when our past is unforgiven. We lose our peace when conflict still exists maybe because there's not been forgiveness somewhere. Or maybe we've all, somebody's got skeletons in their closet and you've allowed the devil to absolutely rob you of life because all you can't get past, you can't forgive yourself for something you've done in the past. By the way, it will rob you of peace. It's hard to come by. But God says peace on earth and on earth peace. That's why Jesus came. So that's what we're looking for. So how do we get it? Let's be practical. How do we get it? That's what everybody wants to know. So you know what I did? I told you all this last week. I Googled it. That's what everybody does now, isn't it? Instead of going to the Bible, instead of going to somebody that knows better or somebody that has some experience in something, what do we do today? Well, we Google it. So you know what? I Googled it. And, I, I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, it, 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 it shocks me if people, if, that, if they don't have the Bible, if they don't have the Lord, they don't have someone to direct them to, hey, what's real peace? You know what they're doing? They're, they're medicating themselves for it. That was the first thing I found. How do you get peace? The first thing I read was Medicaid. 
That's how you get peace. I read a particular story, and I told you this last week, that a man, uh, he, was, he couldn't get any sleep, so he started to order Valium. Uh, he, got, he started taking Valium. He said he started to have peace of mind. Now, and by the way, I'm sure that it helps. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but here's the thing. Here's the difference with that kind of peace and what God gives. It runs out when the medicine runs out. And then I looked up and the Mediterranean, <laughs> I said this to y'all last week, but I listen, I just Googled this up. This is what I found. How to get peace because everybody's looking for something and we're looking in the world to get it. And so it said, here was another idea in the Mediterranean. You board the queen of peace and you sail. It's an 88-foot schooner and they promised in that ad, if you got on this ship and you sailed the Mediterranean, you just go get peace. And by the way, it probably will be till your money runs out. And you got to go back to work. By the way, I love times of vacation and refreshment. Everybody needs it. By the way, the Lord Jesus needed it. But I'm not talking about a peace that's temporary. That's a temporary peace, unless... Your millions of dollars, you don't want to do anything else, and all you want to do is sail on the Mediterranean, y'all can have peace all you want. Then the other one I noticed, walk. You walk for peace. We got walks for peace everywhere. And by the way, not long ago, there was a walk for peace for Israel. And I'm not trying to be ugly, but it certainly hadn't helped. I, I, I don't know about y'all. Are y'all shocked that this hate for the Jewish people in our country was so large? I'm shocked. I'm shocked in our country. I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to say it, I believe the Lord Jesus is soon returning. But we're trying to find peace in all sorts of places. But see, here's the problem. They don't find peace that lasts if they find it here. That's not what God said, and on earth peace, not temporary. And by the way, I'm glad for temporary peace. I just said to you, I'm glad for vacation. I'm glad for being able to get away and, and being able to clear my mind and clear my calendar and clear my time. So I'm not preaching against that. I think we all need it. But I'm talking about, I want us to recognize that peace doesn't come by somehow miraculously getting rid of all of our problems. No. It actually comes from adding things to our life. And it's a recognition of what the Lord tells us and gives us in His Word. So number one, how does God give this peace on earth? Number one, I shared with you last week, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ offers peace because what does He do? He helps us. He gives a solution to our guilt. See, here's a beautiful thing. If I didn't have a forgiveness of my sin, I would have no peace. I'm going to tell you all right now, I can sit here tonight and dwell on my past and become extremely discouraged what I have done, what I have said in my past. And I'm going to be honest, if I sit and dwell on those things, it will rob me of peace. But see, God has given me a solution for that. I don't have to do that because that's why Jesus came. He came to give me peace to take away my guilt. That's why he died. That's why he raised from the dead so that we can be saved and our sins can be forgiven. So listen, stop feeling and start trusting God's promise. Amen. 
Yes, we've all got skeletons. Yes, we've all done wrong. But God doesn't say, I want you to live a defeated life. Oh, Mark, you can have peace on earth except your past. No, that's why Jesus came. He died for my sin and he paid for it. And he said, he's casted as far as the east is from west. So I have a solution to the peace of my guilt. You say, Pastor, is it real? It's real. I know men, people that doubt their salvation every day and they can't get peace about being saved because they get, can't get past their past. Can I just say this tonight? I'm not worthy to be saved. I don't deserve to be saved. But I want you to know something. I'm saved because God loved me and He paid for my sin. I have to rest in that. I have to trust His promise. And what does that do? That gives me peace. So when the old devil comes up and starts nudging me and he says, Ah, look at you. Look at your failure. By the way, when other people come up and say, ah, look at your failure. You know, I have a tendency to look and say, man, and I start getting defeated and I start getting weak and I start, start losing my peace. But what I have to do is I have to realize, but Jesus, that's why you came. That's why you came as a baby. That's why you lived a sinless life. That's why you died on the cross. That's why you raised from the dead. Because you said if we will confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about y'all, but that gives me peace. See, when my sins are forgiven, I can have a relationship with the Lord. And there's the second part that he gives a solution. Here's another solution for our peace. He gives us a relationship like I'm his child. I gave this last week. I have a dad. He's sitting right back there. I feel like I'm back at Riverview. My parents have done went back to their original pews back 40 years ago. We would come in Riverview, walk across the street, come in late. Amen, sit down. But y'all switch from this side to this side. Y'all used to sit right there on the third row in the front, in the back. Now they're back there. Hey, but my dad's sitting right back there, and I'm going to be honest with you. He's my dad. I have a relationship with him. You know what? I have peace about that. Do you know that I can go down here to 1101 Browns Ferry Road anytime I want? I can walk on his uh, premise. I can walk on his property. And most of the time I don't even knock the door, but I have to because they lock it. But I'm so comfortable and I have such peace entering into the presence of my dad. That gives me peace to know that I have a dad. And by the way, when I got saved, I became a child of God and I can call him Abba Father. I don't know about y'all, that gives me peace. That gives me peace that I have a father. I have a heavenly father that I'm not just a number two. I am his and he knows me. He cares about me. By the way, I'll come in contact with a lot of people in my life. They don't know me. They don't care about me. But that doesn't matter. I could lose my peace if I got my eyes on people. But see, I have to keep my eyes on the Lord because I'm his child. That gives me peace. So see, he's given a solution when he says, here on earth, peace. Yes, why? He's gotten rid of our guilt. He's given a solution for our guilt of our sin because he paid for it. And then he makes us a child. We have a relationship with God. That brings peace. But then I want you to notice the third thing. Jesus offers another solution when he says, Here on earth, peace. I give unto you peace. I am the Prince of Peace. Why? Jesus offers peace because he gives the Spirit of God to us. Can I say, there is something special about when we die to our own wills and we submit our lives to the Lord. 
There's something special about that. There's a dynamic in that that can't be explained. When we actually live, live and walk in the Spirit... When we yield our life, the Bible says that our body is not our own. We've been bought with a price. So whose are we? We're the Lord's. And when we get saved, he gives us the comfort of the Holy Spirit of God. And we should submit and yield to the Holy Spirit of God. Now, if you're saved here tonight, you have the Spirit of God inside of you. And if you're saved, you know what conviction is. You know what leading is. You know what guiding is. Now, by the way, we don't like it a lot of times because it interferes with what we want to do. So what we do is we make biblical reasons and give every reason under the sun why we can do it the way we want. But the truth is God's perfect peace in life is when we yield to the spirit that he puts in our life. He's given us a solution. By the way, if you're walking by the spirit tonight, you're not making a bunch of bad decisions that's taking your peace away. If you're yielded to the Spirit tonight and you're, you're following the Lord, you're becoming, and by the way, the process to be conformed to the image of His Son, that's a process. That's yielding to the Spirit of God. Why did God give us the comforter? He told the disciples, he said, look, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to give you the comforter. The Bible tells us about the Holy Spirit of God, that He leads us to Christ. He will lead us in all things. You know where we get in trouble? When we just absolutely don't listen to the Holy Spirit of God and we, we absolutely grieve the Spirit of God and we say to Him, we know better than you. And then we wonder why we lose our peace. See, God gives us a solution if we are spirit-controlled, if we will allow the spirit that he's put in us when we get saved to do the leading. The process of changing to become like Jesus and to be in the image of Christ, listen to me, I will say to you, it's, it could be a slow process. Could take, and by the way, it will take the rest of our lives. But Jesus gives us a great helper for the task, the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you all a question tonight. Pretty pointed. I'll never forget. I, I've never forgotten this illustration. I got convicted. Brian McBride was preaching one day at Pax Branch Baptist Church. And he was talking about being ordained. He said, I had an ordination service, and you all know them things can be a nightmare. And he said there was 15, 20 preachers there, deacons was there, man, he said they were grilling me. I mean, just grilling me with questions. And uh, he said, you know, they were asking, he said, but finally this older deacon in the church, you know, just a country fella, and he said, uh, can you tell me what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God? And Brian McBride says, well, and he said, I started giving him some scripture. And about that time, here's what that old deacon said to him, or asked him, he said, can I ask you, are you filled with him right now? If I was to ask you that question, what would you answer? Are you yielded to the Spirit of God right now? If you're a Christian, are you making decisions based on the Spirit of God or are you making decisions on your feelings? Are you making decisions and making plans for your life because it's what the world tells you to do or are you yielded to the Spirit of God? By the way, some people will think you're plumb crazy. If you yield to the Spirit. I'm going to say this. You won't always be socially correct. But I can guarantee you one thing. You can lay down in bed at the pillow at night. 
and have sweet peace. And every one of us know what we're talking about here tonight. We've all made mistakes in our life and we know we've not done what the Spirit of God wanted us to do and we've laid down and peace has been hard to come by. And we can doctor it up and we can talk about it and we can analyze it till we can analyze it to death. We can make excuses why it happened that way. But the truth is, we just ain't living like he wants us to live. Can I get a witness? That brings unrest in your life and it brings unrest in other people's lives. That's why he gave us the spirit. We're to yield to the spirit of God. He's given us a solution (laughs) He didn't say, all right, now, I'm going to leave, and I'm going to leave y'all at it. Now, y'all going to get saved, and then y'all just got to make your own way. By the way, that's what most of the Christian world's doing today. They're doing it their way. But God said, I'm going to leave you a comforter. He will guide you unto all truth. I'm glad God didn't leave us without a helper. But by the way, here's what's sad. The times I get in a mess is because I've denied the helper. I've not listened to the helper. I've not submitted to the helper. And then I sit back and I say, oh, and I want to analyze it and I want to talk about it. But the truth is, I don't have peace because I have not let God's solution be in leading my life. I've not yielded to the Spirit of God. Can I get an amen? Jesus offers peace of a spirit-controlled life. Think about it. Now notice all the things that I've talked about here and even earlier on in the message on last week. There's nothing here talking about peace getting rid of all your problems because you're never going to get rid of them. You're never going to get rid of them. (laughs) There's always going to be people that's going to drive you crazy. There's always going to be cancer. There's always going to be problems. There's going to be situations you can't control. So the world's idea of peace is, well, let's just get away from it. Well, that will give you peace for a while. But God doesn't say, I'm giving you a peace that's temporary. He says, I'm giving you a peace that's eternal. So how is that? Remember when I talked to you earlier talking about that peace? It's talking about a wholeness, a completeness. For instance, think about this. Most people try to get peace, they're trying to get rid of their problems. But getting peace is not about eliminating problems because you'll never eliminate. But it's about adding things. Remember I said that earlier? Think about it. It will make your life complete. For instance, number one, I said the first solution was, if we add that we've been forgiven, it takes away peace from our guilt. Okay, I can have a relationship with the Lord. Okay, so spiritually, I'm at peace. Now, y'all stay with me because this is so powerful. We're talking about the whole person now. See, God's gave us a solution. We can be at peace spiritually because I've been forgiven. He's taken away my guilt. He's paid for my sins. So spiritually, I can be at peace. Now, I struggle with it because at times something might trigger me and it takes me back to 20 years ago, five years ago, three weeks ago, and I want to focus in on my sin or I want to focus in on that, but I can't do that because God says, I've forgiven you for that, Mark. I've given you a solution to your guilt. So I have a relationship with the Lord. I've been forgiven. So I have peace spiritually. It's not about eliminating problems. It's adding forgiveness. Now, 
He's given a solution. Now that I've been forgiven, now stay with me. He said, now you can become a child. So now I have a relationship. Listen at me. Now I can be at peace emotionally. Emotionally. Now I'm not alone. It's not that I'm lonely. I have the Lord. So he says, Mark, you're mine. I'm yours. You're my son. You're a joint heir with Jesus. So I have a relationship with him. He said, you can call upon me and call me Abba Father. So he gives me peace spiritually. He gives me peace emotionally and physically now because now I have a relationship with him. And then he says this. Now I'm going to give you a Holy Spirit to help you to have peace to live in that old ungodly world. And by the way, how many of y'all got trouble with relationships? Y'all know why you have them? Because you're not in right relationship with the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Here we go now, socially. You say, well, I'll tell you right now, I'm just having trouble getting along with people. Well, there's a problem. I just can't have peace with people. Well, there's a problem because see, when God says there's peace on earth, he's the prince of peace, he gives you peace spiritually, he gives you peace emotionally, but he gives you peace socially. Now you tell me, how does God feel about people? He loves them, don't he? So if you have the spirit of God inside of you, you're going to treat people like God treats them. If you're yielding to the spirit of God, your relationship, by the way, this is so powerful. You're, if, when you add forgiveness and you add a relationship with God and you add the Holy Spirit, one of the consequences of living such a complete life is that other aspect of your life will become whole and complete. In other words, you have peace in every aspect of your life. For example, what about your friendships? What about your marriage? What about society? See, when we have peaceful relationship, when we have a peaceful relationship with God, when we understand that our guilt's gone, that we're forgiven, and we have a relationship with Him, and we, we are yielded to the Spirit of God, can you imagine how our relationships are going to be down here? See, we have a healthy, peaceful relationship with God. We're going to have a healthy relationship with everybody else. Why? Because we have his spirit living in us. And he's guiding us into all truth. He's transforming our minds. He's transforming our attitude toward other people. And by the way, that is a lifelong process. I look back when I was a younger preacher. I was pretty foolish. I'm still foolish. But I can say this, I've learned a lot. You say, why? Because the Holy Spirit transforms you. He, he transforms your mind. When we yield to the Spirit of God, we become more Christ-like. Look, we're going to treat others as Jesus would treat them. How does Christ view other people? How does the Holy Spirit view people? I'm going to tell you, He loves them. Now, that comes in great conflict with me because I'm going to be honest with you, my flesh, people get on my nerves. Somebody say amen. I'm just going to say publicly what y'all want. Let's just be honest. But see, that's, that's my flesh. So if I yield to the flesh, yes, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to lock myself up over there at a house and I ain't going to talk to nobody. Because that gives me peace. 
But see, it's not the peace God's talking about. The peace that God's talking about, if I'm letting the Holy Spirit of God help me, then look, then he's going to transform my thoughts and my mind and my attitude towards the people that he loves. Why? Because how does God love people? How does God treat people? Why? He died for them. So he might not like what they do, but I can say this, he sure does love them. And Jesus' peace brings satisfaction to all of our relationships in life. I'm going to say to everybody here, if you do not have the right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, look at me. I don't care how hard you try, you will never have the right kind of relationships down here. It's impossible. You'll never be able to love like you should love. You won't. Why? God's wasted our time in His if He's given us a helper and a Spirit of God and we don't even let Him guide us. He's given us a solution. And then quickly I'll close. Jesus brings peace. Why? Through this baby because that grew up to be a man and died on the cross, paid for our sin, raised from the dead, and now is in heaven making intercession for us. I'm going to tell you another reason why peace, and he's the prince of peace. Jesus brings security, peace, and security forever. You ever wonder why you're here on this earth? I mean, you ever just sit and think about this stuff deep? What are we here for? I mean, that stuff, when you sit and dwell on that stuff... I mean, it, it brings you to a conclusion. We might not like the conclusion, but we have to sit and think, what, have, what are we here to do? What are we here for? And here's what's sad. We've gotten so caught up in the temporary. If all I'm trying to do to get peace is get rid of all my problems, I'm going to be wasting my time. I'll never get rid of all of them. Oh, I might have these short little stints of where, you know, uh, I'm not having, you know, not having real, real big problems. But just hang around. You're going to have more come in your life. So it's just the cycle of life. People say, well, we're living for peace because I'm okay right now because there's nothing going on in my life. Well, that's temporary. That's not what God's talking about. Peace that he's talking about, listen to me, is eternal. Let me ask you all this. I thought about it. I grew up in the 80s. The real popular people, I watch shows on them now, and most of them are drug addicts or dead. So I thought, there's a lot of people on this earth, all they're here to do, they want to make heaps of money. By the way, I ain't against money. But is that all? For what? Money? Money give you peace for how long? Till you die. It's awful funny, that money didn't buy all those rock stars peace. They had popularity, they had it all. But I'm just like, you ever just sat there, what, what are we here to do? What, what, what is it? Here it is. You know what your life's all about? You're preparing for eternity. Look, you're here more than just 60, 70, 80. Dr. Sexton was 75 years. He just turned 75 years here the latter part of this year. And I thought, 75 years. That was five bonus. But still, we think that's young. I'm 49. 
years ago, 49 was old. It ain't too bad right now. What are we here for? I told Laura this morning, I said, Laura, you know that you've been around a real, a real man of God, someone that has made an impact in eternity when I can set and know that a man had an influence in my life, helped me to know the Lord better, and had such a personal touch on my life that I felt like that there was something personal and special there just with me. And here's what I told her. I said, but here's what's amazing about Dr. Sexton. Thousands of people can say the same thing. Can I ask you all a question? Can people say that about us? Do you know what he said many times? What he wanted was epitaph. I hope they put it on there. He says, someone asked, you know, about that man. What do they think about that man after he's gone? Here's what he said. And I thought, very humble. And I know it's true because Scott Pauley said he's heard, it, he heard him say it several times. I've heard him say it less than him, but he said many he said, I just hope when they think of me, they say, that man right there helped me to know God better. That's a pretty humble estimation of life, but in the real true meaning of it all, that's pretty powerful. And see, here's what the Lord tells us. This peace that he gives us is not just for our remaining minutes of life. I'm 49. I don't know. Do I have... Do I have those 75? So has God only promised me, okay, get on that schooner, Mark. Spend eight years and you can have peace. That's what I got. No. See, here's what's beautiful about God's peace. We really can't even compare it to that. God doesn't just promise me peace on earth and the Prince of Peace just the rest of the time that I have here. Are y'all ready? He's promised me peace forever. It's not temporary. And I don't know about y'all, that gives me great peace. See, the, the Christmas gift that God offers you is beyond compare and any form of peace that we will find on this earth. God's peace is that of a complete and whole life. It's not just the remaining minutes, the hours and the days and the years that we live here on earth, but it's for all eternity. How many of y'all looking forward to heaven? We just don't want to go today, right? Pastor uh, Altizer called me this morning, and we were talking, and of course he called and was talking about Pastor Sexton, and we were talking, and I said, yeah, I said, it in one form, I said, it's heartbreaking. And here was the first thing, here was the first, I feel like I'm in an echo chamber. And the first thing, the first thing that, that was said, as I said, heartbreaking. And then here was the thing, and this was, this was classic Pastor Altizer. He said, yeah, but buddy, he said, let me tell you this. He said, he's in a whole lot better shape than we are. Ain't that the truth? Eternity. Can y'all imagine? 75 years, he's been preaching since he's young. All these years he's been preaching about Jesus, and boy, he got to see him yesterday. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Hey, he's given us peace over the guilt of our sin. He's given us peace because we have a relationship with him. 
He's given us peace because he's given us the spirit of God that we can, he can lead us. And then praise God, I'm glad he's given us peace, not just temporary while I'm on that schooner. Or not just temporary peace when I climb up in that tree stand for three hours. And maybe for you it's when you go shopping. Maybe it's for you when you go to your cabin on the sea or cabin on the river. Whatever it is, all go to those places. Get the get it. I'm for it. But what Jesus offers is more than just something temporary. It's forever. Y'all glad for that gift of Christmas? Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. All the, also, by the way, um, we're going to have the Christmas offering coming up. It'll be this Sunday. I hope you come prepared. Um, actually, I thought, yeah, that's on Christmas Eve, so we need to do it this week. Um, we want to. I want to do two things with it. I'd like to take a amount of it, and uh, we found a way that we can help. As most of you know, Mr. Jimmy Horton, not this Mr. Jimmy Horton, but the Jimmy Horton that has been coming and joined our church. Uh, we went to his graduation the other day, and uh, he is the uh, second oldest man that ever finished the program. And to uh, be fair, when you get into those type of things, I. As the people were getting up and talking there at his graduation, one of the counselors told him, you know, a few weeks in, he said, what do you think I have a chance of making it? And that counselor, being honest with him, looked at him and said, I'll give you a 50-50 chance. Because, by the way, a lot of them don't make it. So the very fact that he finished a year program and now is going to go to Arizona to try to, to invest his life in other people like him that he can help and encourage... I thought maybe, and Brother Don also gave me the idea, I think we could be able to help him a little bit to get there. Now, we're not going to give a big lump sum, but I think what, if y'all would be okay with it, with the Christmas offering, we'll take an amount of it and split it up within a matter of months, and it can help him. He's going to be on an internship there, and I think this would help supplement him a little bit. Not give the whole. Then the rest of that I'd like to give towards our camp that we're going to have this year. And uh, we're opening that up to other churches. But it is very expensive, but it was a great week last year. So you give as given to the Lord, and it's going to be uh, for the help of people, young people and also other men that are struggling to fight for their life. And uh, so let's do our very best. You come ready to give for the Christmas offering this Sunday, and I know it will be a great blessing. All of you think that's a good idea? Would you say amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your grace. Lord, thank you for the gift of peace. Lord, so many times we allow it to be robbed, but you've given us the solution for it. So I pray you'll help us to do our part, to recognize we've been forgiven, to recognize we have a relationship with you to help us to recognize that you've given us the helper, the comforter of the Holy Spirit to guide us. And Lord, Lord, help us to recognize we don't have just a temporary peace. You've given us an eternal peace. So I pray you'll help us now. Take this, speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great, great night. Be careful going home.